It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're back. It's the Life on Life's Terms podcast. I'm Tom Robinson, and like I always say, we are not affiliated with any 12-step program, although we do endorse them. We have benefited from them. Um, yeah. Um, I am Chris Mandeville. I'm uh, in long-term recovery. Oh, yeah. Grateful uh, Recovering Addict. Yeah. We are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave., um, they let us uh, use their facility to produce and uh, bring you this podcast. Great place. Yes, lots of resources here. Lots of meetings. There's still there's there's in person meetings here. Go into their uh, Facebook page or um, come down and grab a calendar. Uh, I know it's really tough for a lot of people. They are limited to how many people they have here, but they also do <clears throat> like uh, drive in movie night out in the parking lot. Um, they do all kinds of good stuff down here. Um, you can find our audio podcast at lolterms.com. Um, yeah, please subscribe or uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I should say, and the Google Play Store. Yes, if you go to the website, it will. Um, you can hook up with whatever platform you use, iOS or Android, whichever. Uh, so tonight uh, we have um, Ethan. It's, it's funny, I... Uh, Met you, we, me and Tom were talking just before this started about how old you were, and <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, he's gonna be what, like twenty nine, and then I thought about it, I'm like, well, fuck no, I was in jail nineteen <laughs> years ago, so he's fucking older than that, and uh, but that's where I met you, yeah. and like I didn't realize until I think I seen you at Rockland, yeah, you went with Tom over there, and I was like. I, I know you from do you work in the kitchen down at Plymouth <laughs> and it wasn't no restaurant <laughs> 26 Long Pond Road um, but yeah that was that was the very beginning of my journey and you know but for the grace of God I've stayed sober since that and I've ran into a few people um, like along along the way and they're like damn you're still fucking yeah. sober from that and I'm like yes thank God thank yeah. God that I'm still sober from that um yeah I, that, always, I always remembered you too it's funny you know you go through so many people i know they, yeah you know. oh i i i was in the kitchen for seven months and then i was in laundry for two months i think and like when i was in laundry it was like dude would hand you his clothes on friday and fucking sunday morning he's, <laughs> he's coming in to get new ones it's oh, like dude yeah, you yeah. made it you didn't even make it fucking 24 hours yeah oh yeah like you mean he was right released back. released on yeah friday and released coming. and coming right back yeah, yeah insane so the people that i they see call that recidivism i can never say it recidivism something like that re 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 i think that's it yeah recidivism yes so um shout out to ethan's gonna share his story with us tonight and mayor Phelan, sheriff yeah. Phelan. yeah yeah but maybe so maybe um so we'll hand it over to you all right thank you thanks for asking me thanks, thanks for coming guys. biggie uh, Love you, buddy. It's an honor. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll start at the beginning. Um, you guys hear me all right? Yes. Yep, a little closer with the mic if you could. All right. 
There we go. go. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I started drinking young, I think, uh, 11, 12-ish. And um, I don't know, around the time, I, I remember, um, I don't know, I was a self-conscious kid, you know. I uh, I, I was cons- consumed a lot by, like, what other people, what I thought other people thought of me, mm. you know. Mm. Like, that was in my head a lot. And um, yeah. I remember... I don't remember the first time I drank, but I remember early on drinking that sense of relief that came from it, you know? Mm. Like, those those fears and, and doubts and, and insecurities and things of just being consumed by the fear of what other people thought of me uh, was out the window, you know? I could talk to the to the girls and... Did, well, that's just it, isn't it? Know? It's like a break from life. Like, life is difficult, Mm. And then all of a sudden you get this substance and, and it's like a break from all these difficulties. You know, no wonder people, uh, you know, get so taken with it at a young age. Yeah, so you were a young kid when I met you. You tall, 18. fucking tall, skinny. Yeah. 18, yeah. You know, and you were probably that way for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I, re- I remember feeling that way uh, being younger too, you know what I mean? I had fucking cowlicks, buck teeth, and it's like. Yeah. You just and- worried. And and a t- most of it, I think, for a lot of people, I know for me, I mean, it was just like uh, I I made up all the fears and, and thoughts of, that I thought other people thought about me. I just made all that stuff up, you know. Yes. Like uh, a guy told me once, um, like he gave me like this process of going through like fears and stuff, and and he said at the end of it, like. Um, the thing that you come to realize is 95 to 99% of the time, your fears are just lies that you're telling yourself, mm. you know? Mm. Um, right, and that's that just goes along with the yes. selfishness. Yeah. Like, and we don't even all, realize. That's all I thought about was myself, you know? Right. Maybe right. if I was thinking about somebody else, I wouldn't be so consumed with what I, you know, what other people thought of me. You know? What not, you thought other people thought of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not much, but I'm all I think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's funny. Because when you're trying to learn to be human... As a kid, it's like you get these impressions and you think that that's the way it is. Couldn't this be the way it is? And you always get second-guessing and wondering. You really don't know, you know? Yeah, no idea. Right. Um, and, I mean, I was given every opportunity a, a, a kid could ask for, you know. Uh, loving parents have provided, you know, everything that, uh, everything that, like I said, every opportunity to succeed, you know. And... um but I fell in love with the booze, man, you know, like, I had arrived, that was it, you know, and that's, it became, like, at first, obviously, it was just stealing it from neighbors or friends' parents or my parents, whenever I could get mm. my hands on the booze, and, and you know, some weed and stuff came in, and, um, and that became regular, and, um, I don't know, it just progressed like it does, um, you know, so that was probably junior high, or, before a little before junior high and um and what you grew up where'd you grow up grow oh uh, duxbury south shore um duxbury. duxbury so so i mean it it's it's like that in a lot of places but in in like beach towns the summertime that's that's like what <laughs> everybody does yeah you know what i mean yeah. like everyone's going there to do that Right. You know, whether they they have a house there or they're renting a house there. So it's like from 
from say May to friggin' September. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Body's on. You know, and it's probably not hard to get booze at, at that age. <laughs> Just go to you know a party somewhere, a cookout somewhere, and boom. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. It's right there. Um, Grew up in the berry. The berry. Yeah. Duxbury. <laughs> Shout out to Johnny C. Johnny C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, man, it progressed like it does. Uh, I don't know if there's a point at which or when the point is that I crossed the the, the line, they say, of addiction or, or whatever, but I don't know. It just, booze became like, uh, it was there for everything, you know, mm. uh, whether it was happy, sad, mad, glad, something to celebrate or something yeah know, it it, it fits all yeah feelings emotions whatever's going on um <clears throat> so anyway um uh the major uh, major i guess probably the biggest thing uh the day like i was saying telling you earlier the day after i turned 17 i was on my way back to uh, a house party um i'd left to go drop a kid off and i was going back and, uh, you know, I had been drinking and stuff and, um, you know, some other substances and stuff. And um, <clears throat> on my way back, I, I ran a stop sign. And um, uh, the uh, the car that I hit, um, the driver of the car, he died. His wife was in the car. She got a broken arm. And, um, yeah, I mean. Well, that That's at 17. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Hey, yeah, no, no idea. Like, not no one. I'm sure there was no intention to, you know. No, but like, I can't not know that that something like that could have happened. Right, you know? right. But I what there was no intention. Like, I'm we're, going, we're kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, it ain't yeah. gonna happen to me. Ain't, uh, right. You know, I got this. Um, yeah, I, I, I was. I heard that you were very brave. I I just I didn't know what to do. Um, well, some people get in their car and and run. <laughs> yeah, the car or, was not moving. Or run into that. the woods or something, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very very vivid memories um, of that. Uh, you know, I, I I I saw him take his last breath, man, and uh, I'll never forget it. It's uh, and you know, I don't know. I guess for a normal casual moderate drinker that might be a signpost to maybe reel it in but uh that wasn't the case for me um and i you know i continued right on with doing what i was doing and um to kind of go along with that selfishness that we were talking about like my focus was like on me like i didn't ask for this and you know feeling like i got built dealt a bad hand when i when reality was that you know I did this thing. So, you know? so now, obviously, you got arrested and charged. Uh, I wasn't. A, uh, they sent me to the hospital. I was charged. I was charged with, um, but they never gave me a breathalyzer. Um, so um, the OUI and stuff was dropped. Um, and uh, yeah, I was charged. I was on pretrial probation for a while. Uh, and now, were you still drinking and stuff during, uh, yeah, during yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, now, I think the next night I was out at a party drinking. Yeah. Now, like, when it goes along with the, the whole selfishness thing, like, did you use that as fuel 
Sure. You know, yeah. like, oh fuck, I'm gonna well, have to do. I'm gonna have to deal with this now. And yeah, and like, you know, I don't know. Uh, became like there's a lot of guilt and shame that came with it too. Oh yeah, ob- uh, obvious. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I don't. Yeah. It became like a, a real big part of how I looked at my, uh, how I saw myself, you know. Um, it was like in what way? Uh, just something that I was always carrying around. I felt like I don't just know. like like negative self negative talk and Pro- shit like that. Probably, like oh, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Like shit like. But that. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even put it into words like that. It was just fucking heavy. Yeah, I just felt yeah, heavy absolutely. all the time. I mean, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, Impending doom. Yeah, and just not yeah. like you know, I and I just didn't know, you know, I didn't know. Like I said, it goes back to that selfishness. I was so focused on myself and how how I felt and what was going on with me, um, you know. But obviously, you're, you're still a kid, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. You know, and and picking up, drinking at eleven, twelve years old. Fair to say, there wasn't much maturing during those years as well. No, you no. know, so yeah, right. You, you're yes, you're you're chronologically you're 18, but mentally, yeah, you know, like we're all less. we're all freaking stunted in that area. Yeah, right. Emotionally stunted. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, you mentally, know, I you could be sharp as a tack. I didn't. Mm. I wasn't equipped to to uh, with the tools to address fear of what other people thought of me. Prior to drinking, never, yeah. never mind. You know, something as heavy and serious as taking somebody's life. You know, right, right. Um, mm. I was just ill-equipped. You know, yeah. And it, it wasn't out of anybody else's fault. Like I said, I was given every opportunity, loving parents and stuff. I just, yeah. I mean, Duxbury's not a bad town to grow yeah, up in. Yeah, you know. I, I just had this fear, and uh, I never really communicated honestly with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, mm. kept a lot of shit in, and uh, right. You know, I, all right. So uh, to to keep it keep it moving, kind of. Um, I was given I was given every opportunity by the courts too, man. I mean, uh, so I was still in high school. Uh, I think they, I think my sentence, uh, like the trial date, uh, was the beginning of my senior year in high school, and the judge had said, you know, if you finish high school, you get into a, a college. Uh, you'll just have to serve the summer from when you graduate high school to when the college um, school year starts in the can, and we'll release you to go back to school, which is kind of fucking wild, I think. Right, you know, I, right. Yeah, something for else. For whatever they yeah, you know, you know, ended up charging you with. Uh, yeah, vehicular homicide and um, driving to endanger. And uh, I think there's probably negligence. Mm. Um so they're telling you, you graduate school, do what you're supposed to do. All you got to do is basically go to jail for fucking 60 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe 90 yeah. the fucking summer. Fucking crazy, man. And, uh, you know, I was getting wrecked the whole time. Um, and, I, you know, so I ended up getting into school. I, Champlain College, I wanted to go up into Burlington because they had the best weed up there, I, I thought. And yeah. uh be a good place to start. So you base your college career <laughs> yeah, on that. Yeah, it's a good decision making yeah, process yeah, right there. You know, Absolutely. Facing a couple <laughs> years, so I had two and a half years suspended sentence. Um, I think it was ten years probation. Um, yeah. So I a little was, closer to Mikey. 
What's that? Bring oh, the mic closer. a little closer, yeah. Okay. I don't know why. <clears throat> All right. All right. Uh, so, how's that? Is that better? Much better. All right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's when I was violated. And, like, you know, I, I was 18 years old in the can. Uh no idea you know i'm from fucking duxbury man i don't know what the hell's going on exactly uh you know um i just didn't know what i didn't know you know and uh quickly oh you know i I did the right thing for a little bit i think you know i was in the kitchen i uh, went into this drug block unit they had i graduated that thing was uh, it still single cells no. Where was it when you went in? It was like four, five Oh, FS1 or FN1? Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. I, um, uh, or D, DS. Or D, yeah. When they like sent that. me, um, they moved it over to E-Block. Yeah. And it was the only only oh, block yeah. with single cells left. They they, changed they weren't that. even welded onto the wall yet. Like, so you could stand up. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was they wanted to see if if solitude would help. With it, um, I, I ended up doing a tour of every block, pretty much in that in that place. By the yeah. end of the time I was there, it's and, no, it's, and it's, it's no way to live. And it's crazy, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> Although I had some pretty fucking good laughs, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you make the you best can, of it. Yeah, you do make the best of it. I luckily, I that's where I found Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, right. Was, was there? I mean, there was yeah. meetings that came in, and and I, but for the grace of God, stayed and and. You know, went on to further treatment when I left there. Where'd you, know, you go? I ended up going to Project Turnabout. Oh, yeah, Project Turnabout. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, when I was in Hingham. Yeah. I just met a kid. I was at a meeting, talked to a kid who went through there. He said, you know, he ended up relapsing and stuff, but he said he ended up staying clean for like five or six years after he did the Project Turnabout, and he said it was like the best thing. Yeah. He could have, you know, he could have ever asked for it better than he could have, you know, he could have he could have even thought of mm-hmm. Um yeah, the place was when saved my life. When? Yeah. When was he there? Yeah. Uh, I want to. It's probably eight, nine years ago, maybe. Huh. Or so, may, no, it couldn't have been because it's been in Weymouth. Yeah. So he went to Hingham. He was in Hingham. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Yeah. 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 yeah it's totally different. Now. Different yeah, story. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um. Anyway. All right. Um. So yeah, in the can, and then uh. I started to learn how to make homebrew and stuff. And, uh, oh, boy. So I kind of went down that that road. While you were there? Yeah, so, yeah. so did you do all your time? Yeah. They, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. violated you and they it's just gave you the- It's actually kind of a crazy story about- They gave you the two and a half? Yeah, yeah. I ended up serving it all. Because I, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I got caught up in this whole jail mentality, like trying to be a solid dude, want to be a solid dude. Buying into the whole, uh, yep, just that whole bullshit, really. Yeah, the, the, you know? the machismo bullshit, fucking. Yeah, it's, it's horseshit, you know. Well, and, it, and it was all based out of fear. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. not fear of physical harm, fear of what you thought of me. Right, it goes right. Back that's to what that I was going to you know gonna gonna say. It's all the same shit. It is. You're looking for an identity, looking for somebody to to be with, somebody, yeah. somebody, a group to be accepted by, and and yeah, exactly. and, you know? and in that place, yeah. you are. Put into a group, yeah, sure. By by the, whoever the you are, skin, you know. Yeah. And like I, re- I remember it being like that, and it was just me. And it's funny, <clears throat> I hung around with a guy who was the 
Duxbury High School tennis instructor. <laughs> yeah. In jail? Yes. He, wow. This guy, Duxbury great guy. Rough, rough place. His, his name was Jerry. <laughs> his name was Jerry. Great guy. He got caught twice in one weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And like me and this dude, we didn't deal with nobody else. Right. Just kept to ourselves, walked around the unit. My cellmate was a kid I knew from Brockton. He's the one that brought me to, to AA. You know, basically, use my Ebby Thatcher. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, it's. <laughs> we were both fucking broke in there. Broke. Like, no one putting money in our canteen. No one writing letters. You know what I mean? That's just how. the. So, obviously, you could tell the type of people that we were <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the yeah. outside if yeah, no one's yeah, fucking yeah. sending you sure, nothing. Sure. So, right. like, it would. We both worked down the kitchen, and it'd be like, hey, be careful going in there. Don't trip over all those slips and those letters. You know what I mean? Because we knew there'd be nothing there, you know? And, and, and it was just like, you you do. You make the best of it, but you're categorized. Sure. You know, and, yeah. and you don't have really a choice in the matter because no. if you don't go with what you're supposed to go with, then that's a fucking problem, yeah, too. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. oh, now, you, now you're a traitor. Like, yeah, well, humans aren't supposed to be uh, caged. Right. You know what I mean? It's just it's and, and no, like, way, no way to I live. seen, <laughs> I seen some fucked up shit go on in there. Like, people get their jaw broke over a couple fucking ramen soups. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Not wow. even just saying the wrong thing to somebody. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. I cave a fucking guy's head in for just saying something offhand to him. Yep. Um, with a lunch tray. Yeah, yeah, I uh, was in I was in uh, turnabout with a guy, Danny. He he, uh, he was he, he he was in the gym, and a guy said something wrong to him. He took a, a, a dumbbell, dumbbell, smashed the dude in the face with it. Because <laughs> uh, here's another ten years. That's the thing, though. Like you, it, it's a it's a respect thing. It's like yeah, it's you you can't let people. Like you can't just turn the other cheek and walk away because then someone's gonna see that and they'd be like, oh. I'm going to prey on that dude, you know? Right. Like, right. It, it's, you have to have those basic survival instincts in there, sure. you know, that, that we've had for friggin' thousands of years. Yeah. So basically, stay the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you end up going there, serving your time. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's county jail. It's not like, it's not like, you know, Shirley or Sousa or State anything, prison. You know? Right. 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 Um, but I was in there with a bunch of guys from Concord, from yeah. Shirley. Yeah. I actually know had I mean? a couple of the, cellmates, yeah. All mixed. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got into the homebrew. You know, the, I was in like a four man cell all the time. We had a fucking brewery going, end up getting lugged. Um, that means you you were put in solitary confinement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for that. And then it was like in and out of the hole the rest of my time there um, for one stupid thing or another. Kept going with the homebrew. Um, and, and, and that's. That- and just to get out of yourself. Yeah. 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 And, it, you know, it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a thought of maybe I shouldn't do this. It was like. <laughs> it's funny. I remember there was uh, a, a little old black guy that I worked with down the kitchen. And we went into the walk-in in the kitchen. And there was a five-gallon bucket in the walk-in. And there was peaches in there. And there was only like this much. And like. Around there, they don't save shit like that. That shit just gets tossed, fed to the pigs or whatever. Yeah. And for some reason, he reached in there and ate one. He was like, that's some fucking homebrew. (laughs) But these dudes had it down to where they would either take it out of the fridge 
while they were down there on their shift and then put it away, or they had it down to science where it was fucking brewing in the refrigerator. It was like liquor. Like, you could yeah. smell that shit. That shit's yeah. straight poison, man. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's rotten food. It's not good. <laughs> it's, it's not rotten good food, you. and you strain it. But I, I fucking blacked out a couple of times. I don't even know. Yeah. It's crazy. This Like, what what, pe- what lengths people will go to. And there was... People were offering me drugs. People... Yeah, right. Kid had a fucking 50 a crack. He was like, hey, you want some of this? I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, I'd love to, but... I, I can't do that shit right. no more. Oh, you know? shit is just the evil, evil personified. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so needless to say, you know, uh, picked up a bunch of bad habits and just, you know, prideful for no reason, really, way of thinking. And and I got out. When I got out, it was like I had never stopped, really. Uh, I just picked up, you know, like I, like I said, like I never stopped. Um didn't you go to a party or something like that and steal somebody's keys or something? Like that? Uh, yeah. Well, I got a re- yeah a few times. Well, I didn't steal keys. I got in a fight, so I ended up getting a fight with a buddy. I left the party and I was walking home and going through cars looking for keys, and I you know I stole a car and. Uh, <laughs> Did some donuts in someone's front lawn, that's what I hear. Uh, well, it was actually a parking lot of a convenience store. <laughs> I was waiting for my girlfriend to come pick me up. It was just So life was manageable. So I'm just yeah. going to do donuts till my girl gets here. Yeah, basically. and the cop drives, like, I'm, I can't, I'm a terrible criminal. I can't get caught. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I can't get caught. The, the cop's driving by on his, on a, just getting off his shift. And he sees me doing donuts in this parking lot. He's like, yeah, I, I, I got to go. I got to go see what's going on, you know? <laughs> mm. uh, so anyway, so I get out, and, you know, back at it. And, um, you know, some other, you know, Coke starts coming into the picture a bit and some other stuff. Oh, and, really? Uh, um, whatever. I get, you know, I just get in more trouble, you know? I get in a bar fight. Hit a kid with a bottle. Pick up a charge for that. Um, and then one of the lowest points my drinking um, was that that stolen car. Getting arrested for that stolen car, man. I was mm. I was drunk. Uh, I was charged with an OUI, um, which I wasn't in the fir- first accident. But um, I was back in the newspapers again. Um, oh, yeah, they must have loved that. And just, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't pretend like there wasn't a problem anymore after right, that, you know? Right. Um, like, I had been home for maybe a year, year and a half, and it was just like a, a mess, you know, the the time, um, that, that period of time. And uh, after I stole that car, because I had the open case with the, um, the bottle, the salt and battery with the bottle, um, and everything is alcohol related. Oh yeah, yeah, everything. And like for a long time, I knew that every time, like, I didn't get in trouble every time I drank, but every time every I was time in trouble, uh, yeah, like there was booze. Uh, yeah, there's definitely booze involved. Anyway, so um, I was held without bail for sixty days, and like I just couldn't get out of my own way, man. And now had had any suggestions of of treatment? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so, 
when I was 18, after the, while well, I was like going through all the court and stuff for my first car accident, um, the, uh, my lawyer actually would, would bring me to meetings. He brought me to a ton of meetings, man. And, um, just try, like, I just wasn't. Was he sober? Uh, I actually, I, he got sober around that time, like a little before he took on my case and stuff. Wow. And, um, that's interesting. That's wild. Yeah. I've, I've been in touch with him, you know, over the years and, uh, you know, he's still, he's still doing the deal and, uh, it's, it's like, he's a big part of it actually. Uh, just knowing kind of where to go and just yeah, like that, planting that seed, having that nudge, you know? Um, so, um, yeah, it's hell without bail. I'm like trying to stay out of trouble. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta cut the shit. I get in a big fight and that with a, because of the, my cellmate at the time. And like, I'm back in the hole again and I'm like, what the fuck, man? It's just trying, like, I can't even, I can't even do the right thing. I just mm. can't. Like, what's wrong, you know? What the fuck? So, and then, so I was like real serious about staying sober after, like, I was held, that 60 days I was released and like firm resolve, I'm not drinking. And within a week, a, a days, I was, I was like, I was, you know, went on a bender for a few days and, and I just remember thinking like, like uh the there's a book uh, our book talks about um pounding on the bar like how to, how am i here again yeah, yeah. and well, since i'm here i might as well really tie one on so you know a few right. days later i come to i actually ended up i ended up at a concert at fenway my lawyer was there i got like you know i'm double fisted walking around i see my lawyer and he's like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah. it's like yeah. a week and a half. You're probably on probation or bail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, what the fuck? You know. That's what we do. That's yeah. what we do. Yeah. But it's funny because there's a little, like, signpost, like, oh, shit. And I kind of cleaned up my act a little bit after after that, you know, couple of weeks of uh, of uh, Bender, really. Um, <clears throat> and I stayed sober. Well, I, I went to a few more meetings from his suggestion. Uh that's why I, actually we were talking about Danny earlier. I met Danny then. I didn't get sober then, but I met Danny then, and um, at at um, the, the Friday night in Kingston. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was. I was there every Friday night for a long time. Yeah, I think first three years of my sobriety, <laughs> I met him at a it meeting, and he reached out to me, tried to make me feel a part of, but like I was, I was all set. I ended up staying real busy that winter. I was like snowboarding every weekend. And um, I stayed sober for a while, for a few months. And then, uh, it's funny, like, you know, I got court, my trial date's getting closer. And I find myself, like, back drinking, you know, going on benders. And as things, like, as as it's paramount, when it's paramount for me to do the right thing, like, I drink. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you talked about that build everything up and then tear it down and it's like not even you know i it's just what i do i don't know um nothing bad really happened you know i was given another shot when i when my my date uh when when i got to trial uh they were they were asking for a lot of time the da anyway but yeah, were they, they asking for like seven years or something seven like that? to ten yeah um <clears throat> and the kid ended up showing up from the bar fight and so I'm on a trial date and 
I say to that same lawyer, I say, if you can get me, I was planning on, you know, taking it to trial. And I said, if you can get me a year or less, I'll take it. And uh, he did. He got me uh, like nine months to serve, 18 months suspended uh, for like three years probation. And um, with like, but I had to get a mental health evaluation. I had to do AA meetings three times a week. And I had to uh, do urines and stuff, you know. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, so I did that that bit of time, that nine, six to nine months. It was nine months and um, total, but my the time I was held without bail was factored into that. Anyway, I, I got released in February and, um, of 2007. And... I wasn't sold that I was that I should that I couldn't drink. Mm. You know, I was like, I'm gonna do the oh, probation. Still weren't. I'm gonna sold. do the probation right, but you know, I don't know. I'll go to the meetings. Eventually, got the mental health evaluation, and she was like, "You gotta, you gotta keep coming." I mean, you're mm. fucking nuts, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and you know, but you know. I, and so I'm going to these meetings. Eventually, like you know, a couple of little jackpots, little nothing really serious. Just like you know, just being uh, nuisance. Yeah, nuisance. Just embarrassing, really. You know, mm. like just being a mess. And I, you know, I'm going to the meetings, uh, showing up late, getting my paper signed, taking off as soon as I could. Um, but at a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm gonna at least stop drinking for a while. Um, but while I'm while I'm on probation, you know, try to really do this thing right, and because um, I could see, you know, I could see where, where it was going, and uh, I the thing I found out is I couldn't like I you know I'd stay sober for a week, and then I'd go on a bender for a couple days, um, and it was a week to the day. It became a week to the day, a week to the day, and every time I drank, this went on for a couple months. Every time I drank, it just was, felt worse. It wasn't working anymore, you know. It was just yeah. Uh, you weren't getting a relief. No, yeah, there was no relief. Yeah, no mental Absolutely or emotional no relief. relief. Like the, and, the, um, the cure wasn't working anymore. The cure for emotional pain or emotional discomfort wasn't working anymore. I I remember that myself. Mm. And um, I'm still showing up to meetings. I'm going to like three week meetings a week and. But, like, I'm not active, you know. I'm not participating in anything. And uh, at some point, I got to two weeks, and I'd stay sober for two weeks, and it was two weeks to the day for another couple months. And But that same thing, that same despondent feeling, you know, uh, waking up, you know, coming to, feeling remorseful, and, like... Um, oh, after drinking. Yeah, yeah, after drinking, and even while drinking. Like, it just wasn't it wasn't there anymore, you know. Um but I'm going to these meetings, and you know the guy, the guys there that that reached out to me and um, gave me little suggestions about like getting involved and stuff, and um, just simple stuff like helping clean up and um, put away stuff after the meeting, and maybe show up early and help set it up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't much for this early, but I stuck around afterwards and helped put stuff away and. Um, I started to feel a part of the thing because, like, that's what I was gonna say. It feels <clears throat> like you start to be a part of yeah. something, 
totally and that's comes back to everything that 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 started it off as you want to be a part of you want to be accepted you want to yeah you know and that and like i was saying like i was beaten into a, a state of reasonableness really like the booze wasn't working i kept going on these benders and um so all this guilt and shame that i was talking about started coming up you know like i just didn't know um I didn't feel like I deserved much, so by by helping put away stuff at the meeting, I actually start. You know, it felt like I I was doing something to deserve my seat. I don't know if that makes any sense, but sure does. I, I totally, uh, I definitely felt felt that way. And um, guys kept reaching out to me. You know, um, eventually, uh, a guy offered to bring me to a young people's meeting. In like three weeks, uh, he said he'd have a night off. He'd bring me to a young people's meeting, and uh, I don't know what it was, but I stayed sober for three weeks, and I I hadn't been able to stay sober for that long. I don't know if it was because this guy offered to bring me to the meeting, or because of the stuff I was like, you know, getting active in the meeting, or God. It's probably all of the above, really, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, and um. You know, this uh, a friend of mine in uh, North Reading talks about. He says this. So he calls it the transmission line between from one alcoholic to another. You know, when you when you talk honestly and openly, something happens. Mm. You know, I don't know what it is. Bill and Bob, are you know the uh, pioneers of the, of the AA fellowship. Like, um, that's uh, or the co-founders, whatever. That's really what happened. That's what really started the whole thing. Just two drunks talking with the goal of staying sober. Right, right. Um, I kind of experienced that thing, you know. He asked me some questions. I answered them honestly. And all this shit started coming up that I didn't even know was there. I didn't even know how to, you know, talk. Like, just, you know, I was just honest for, like, the, you know, some of the first times. I mean, the counselor was a big deal, too, though, because I was honest with her. Every week I'd go in and see her, and she'd ask me, you know, did did I drink this week? And I, you know, she was like the first person I was really honest with about about my drinking. And uh, so I kind of had a little bit of that going on. And then, you know, I remember by the end of the night, you know, it was cool because the meetings I was going to at the time, I didn't see really many young people. There was one kid I'd see, and you know, I wouldn't talk to him or anything. But like just knowing he was there was like, all right. Yeah. Right. You right. <laughs> yeah, because it can it can be awkward. Yeah, you know? I don't know what the hell to say. You, you, you go into this friggin' basement or whatever, and, and you're sitting there, and it's like, no, oh, I don't really fit in with anybody here. But that's right. the thing. Once you can let your guard down and listen, you realize that you fit in way more there. Yeah, than you thought. Yeah, you yeah, but totally. then, But then, like you said, you, you found something... You know, this guy tells you he's going to take you to a young people's. What's well, a young people's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, there's young people here. You know, <laughs> That's and then yeah. you get into young people's recovery. Oh, forget fucking it. Fucking different world, man. Yeah, there's different some energy you, and enthusiasm that you know. But but all those old people were doing that shit too. That yeah, but yeah, yeah. they just now they're old. Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm, I'm kind of getting towards more more. Towards yeah, that exactly. Stuff, you know, uh, so. Uh, yeah, so that guy, you know, and it was cool to see. It was just cool to see young people staying sober, and and um, 
and you know by the time he dropped me off that night i was fucking bawling my eyes out and um he told me you know he looked me square in the eye when he dropped me off and he told me two things he said uh you know pray ask for help in the morning and be grateful at night which was new to me uh god wasn't really on my radar but and the other thing he said to me he looked me square in the eye and said i'll be all right and there was a confidence about it um you know, if I if I if I did the deal, if I did what was what was uh, what they were talking about in these these twelve step fellowships, you know. Um, so, uh, and I haven't drank. I started praying. It was weird, but you know, I haven't drank since, man. Uh, that was that was in August of two thousand seven. But I, my sobriety date is uh, July thirtieth, two thousand seven, um, and. Like, I just, it started out kind of slow, man. Um, just getting, like I said, started off with a group, getting more active in the group. I got a job in that group. It was mm. the greeter, shaking hands, which is really tough. You know, my heart goes out to guys trying to get this thing now with the with the limit, limited Oh, yeah, access people getting, meetings, we've man. said it, people get, get sober, sober on Zoom. Zoom and, yeah. It's tough, And they're man. doing it, though. They are. It's crazy. And, like, uh, I, re- I remember, like, you got pretty active. W- weren't you, like, involved in uh, a sober store? Yeah, we try- I tried to do that. Was a- that was a disaster. But I, I opened up a store. Uh, it was mostly it was- the goal was to make money to open up a, a recovery thing for um, some sort of recovery center for, for um, young people, really. Yeah. Um, but that flopped because... The reality is, because I got sober, doesn't mean that you know I'm an ace in the business. Uh, yeah. Business. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If, if you yeah. if you want to if you want to fuck anything up, get a bunch of alcoholics involved. <laughs> <laughs> Untreated alcoholics. Yeah. Treated alcoholics, different story. Well, sometimes. Yeah. True. Uh, I hear uh, you. So, um, yeah, I got active in the group, man. And there's a book, a little simple book that talks about like basic stuff about um living sober about you know day-to-day stuff how, how to tools to stay sober i, mm. I, I use that book a lot um and the that's the thing the too. book's called living sober yeah yeah i took suggestions you know that's the th- biggest thing I, I took suggestions uh one of the biggest <coughs> things you know i was honest um you became willing yeah became yeah. willing and um I asked a lot of questions. If there's anything I did right, is that? Yeah, right. Um, and if it, like I wasn't really interested in getting involved in in the twelve steps. You know, I didn't think anything. You know, I thought it was great for you if that was what you were into, but you know, I didn't need it. And um, and uh, I was in a. The guy suggested I go to a young people's convention mm. in South Carolina. And, well, it wasn't in South Carolina. You just said, check one out. And I was, like, in a fit of open-mindedness. And, uh, <laughs> a fit of open-mindedness. All right. And I went. I found the next uh, young people's convention, uh, you know, sober young people's convention I could find. Bought a plane ticket. It was in South Carolina. I went. Um, showed up by myself. And uh, yeah. I was down there, right? And the first night, so um, the first night, like, I'm starting to, like, the anxiety and shit is, is coming on. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. What am I going to, you know, what am I doing here? 
You know, the goal, <laughs> really the goal was to get laid. Like, that's why I was going there. But, <laughs> but uh, so I'm getting on the elevator that, so that these these uh, young people's uh, co- conventions or conferences, they get like a big speaker, main speaker, come up and speak for like an hour. And um, it's a big it's a big meeting, recovery meeting. And um, so this is old guy in the elevator. I, you know, I, I, I tell him, you know, I'm kind of afraid, like, I came down here by myself. I don't want to isolate. I kind of want to experience this thing. He's talking to me a little bit, and we're, like, walking towards the, the main hall. And, like, all these people start coming up to him. And I'm like, I'm out, you know, I'm out of here. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know how to talk to people, you know. Like, right, yeah. I still struggle, kind of. But I'm a lot, a lot better than I was. Um, and uh, I end up in the meeting, and this guy that I was in the elevator with is up at the front, you know. And they're going through this list of all this stuff, and they're hooting and hollering. And um, Oh, like, the, the sobriety countdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he happens to be from Worcester, too, so... Anyway, he says, you know, uh, first thing he says, he's the main speaker, you know. He, the first thing he says, I just met this kid, Ethan. He came up up here or down here by himself. Ethan, where are you? And I was like hiding, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking called you yeah. on you like, God damn it. And if nothing else, you know, drunks are persistent, man. And he didn't give up. And eventually I was like, yeah, I'm right here. And uh, <laughs> he said, this wow. is Ethan. If you see him this weekend, uh, reach out to him, try to make him feel welcome, make him feel a part of this thing. And uh, as much as I'd let people, they, that's what they did, you know. And the yeah. biggest thing I, I got out of it is uh, that weekend was I saw people my age and younger. I was 24 at the time, uh, serious about staying sober, talking about recovery, talking about service work, and... Um, and just you know, and genuinely seemed happy and um, comfortable in their own skin, you know. And I didn't yeah, feel I didn't yeah. feel any of those things, you know. I was like ninety days sober, um, just going to meetings, you know, just trying to figure it out. But uh, just going to the counselor and stuff, and I was talking on like I was talking to guys that were sober and stuff. But uh, so. And what I came away from it was like maybe I should check out these these twelve steps, you know. Um, hmm. Yeah, you know, it became appealing to me, and um, I ended up through I, example. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely, like I definitely didn't feel like it looked like they felt, you know. And, yeah. Right. And what right. they were talking about, like I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel, you know, I felt like I had the world on my shoulders, man. And. Um, mm-hmm. And I still didn't have any answers, you know. Still don't, but I'm all right. I'm like okay with it today, you know. Um, so I, I came back from that. I got a sponsor uh, who took me, take me through the twelve steps. Kind of, you know, it's kind of difficult to uh, really feel a part of a twelve step fellowship if you're not if you're not going to get involved in the twelve <laughs> steps. Exactly. Um, and I remember, like, halfway through that process. Uh, the, the fifth step after the fifth step uh, my sponsor said something to me like welcome to our fellowship you know um, and I, I got it you know and you know my life I, my life's um, so far from what it was like 
that was the beginning, man. You know, I I got a lot of good stuff in my life, but it, more so than the out, outside stuff, it's like being all right, you know. Um, just feeling all right. Comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Yeah, that, that not worrying what... Uh Everyone's thinking about Everyone's you anymore. Thinking about, yeah, well, yeah. it comes up sometimes, but I'm not consumed by it. Exactly. The, right. Like, yes, d- does it cross your mind? Of course. But now you're not like, yeah, you know what? Exactly. You what know I mean. how to deal with those feelings. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if I don't, you like, don't I got to. guys that I can turn to and, and friends that I've developed through, through really what I've learned in that process about, like, being honest with somebody, develop relationships and friendships that, like, you know, I... I didn't even, uh, somewhere in some of the literature that uh, I read, it talks about, like, the alcoholic's inability to forge deeper, meaningful relationships or something like that. Mm. And, like, I've been I've been given a, a formula to learn how to actually do that, you know. Um, at least that's kind of how I look at it, you know. Um, there's only so long, like, I, that Living Sober book taught me, like, what to do to like physically stay sober like tools i could use and i kind of look at the 12 steps of as like um making my life more enjoyable in sobriety because there's only so long that i would stay sober if i was miserable right yes you know yes. And, and that was my you know i've shared this before my experience at like having like seven years removed from drugs and alcohol but like contemplating suicide. Yeah, right. You know, all the stuff that I thought was going to make me feel okay back in my life, but not had gone through the steps. Right. Not had done any work on myself and just was not okay with me, you know. When and I, and and it it comes back. It's still like it's not like you do you do some work and everything goes away. No. Right. It's it's like the why we fucking named the show this. It's life on life's terms. <laughs> yeah, yeah right, know? right. When, when, I, when I was uh, in, in, new in sobriety, just getting out of the rehab, I, I decided that I would be miserable for the rest of my life if I had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Actually, would, I remember thinking that same thing. I, would, I don't care what I have to do. I will walk through my, the rest of my life in absolute misery if i have to just not to go back to where i was i remember thinking like well right i, yeah. I guess i'd rather run it. around and feel like an asshole and, you know just be miserable than go back to doing what well, i was doing that's crazy put one foot in front of the other is all i was thinking i don't care what i have to do i'm going to do everything they tell me to but i don't care if i if i hate it forever for the rest of my life i'm yeah. still going to do it <laughs> because where i was coming from was so bad Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I kind of thought of, like, I understood, like, to a certain extent that I need to stay sober. But, like, I kind of looked at it like this is my this is my cross to bear. This is my lot in life, you know? Like, yeah. I'm fucked. You know, fun's out the window. Right. No and, more and, fun. Right. And, and you think about it, like, <laughs> imagine if, like, you got everything that you deserved. Oh, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. if if everything that you did wrong, you were punished for accordingly. Like, fuck. <laughs> you know? I think about that. It's like, thank God that, like, I didn't, that didn't happen to me. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I had proved to myself 
like two months before I was I ended up in Plymouth, I was in Bridgewater. I was swore up and down the whole fucking time. I'm not doing that shit no more. I ain't fucking. Right. I, six hours I lasted. Right. Six hours, and then I end up in Plymouth, and it's like I, I told him I. I know what's going to happen if I get out of here. They offered me that. We could probably get you out of here on probation against it. Nope. No, Lock thank me you. Up. Guilty. Who's the judge? Tell them guilty. I want to do my time. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> luckily they ran, they ran everything concurrent because if they didn't, yeah. honestly, it was like a year and a half on this, a year on this, for fucking two years on that. And, yeah, forget it. And then it was like ten months. They're like, oh, you're you're ready for parole. I'm like. What the fuck's parole? I didn't even know. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Had no idea. But that was one thing that I had learned. And and had I not done that, I I wouldn't have been exposed to to twelve step recovery. Right. right. Well, the 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 reality of the situation is that that life isn't miserable. So no, yeah, it's fantastic. I have more fun now than I ever did. Right. Yeah. You, you think you're having fun, but really, underneath the surface, you're a scared little kid. And yes, you I know, mean. Shit happens, and you can you can in sobriety you can go back and 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 give that scared little kid a hug and say you're okay, I'm okay with you, and, that, and you don't and have to let that fear eat you up. Yeah, that's one of the most yeah. beautiful parts because you know uh, you don't you don't do that when you be when you're using right for years and years, and that little kid's still there. Um, how much time are we looking at? We're looking at seven, couple, couple seven minutes. minutes. Yeah. All right, I, I got to close with this because this is really, um, it's really the most powerful thing about my story. I think. Um, so I was sober a couple of years, and so the guy that I killed in the car accident, he was he's a really uh, he's an upstanding member of the community. He's a fire, Boston fireman. Um, he's a father, husband. Um, you know, he's just a you know, he's a good from from my understanding, uh, an upstanding member of the community, and um, they had a couple of uh, daughters, young daughters, and um, one of them heard that I was um, heard that I was sober and in recovery. I was sober a couple of years, and uh, she felt like it was sa- a safe enough place to reach out. Uh, she found me on Facebook. And sent me a uh, sent me an email uh, saying that she forgave me. And um, when I, when I went through the um, when I went through the process of the twelve steps, when this came up, um, when we got to like amends and stuff, you know, um, my sponsor was like, 10 years down the line, we'll take a look at where you're at, maybe assess, maybe reaching out then." You know, but let's get you know a good ten years sober before before we uh, address anything like that. You know, just mm. keep doing the right thing, man. You know, that's what he told me. And and within a couple of years, like I'm not saying that's going to happen for everybody, but I don't know um, if I wasn't sober, um, that, that that wouldn't have happened. You know, um, yeah, it's crazy. And then a couple of years later. Um, you know, I think about it. Like, if if somebody took my my son's mother from him, I mean, how could? Um, it's just, uh, it's it'd be devastating. Um, 
And I don't know how I could ever get past something like that. Mm. And this this man's wife reached out to me maybe four or five years ago, maybe a little longer, and asked me. Um, she reached out. I ended up talking to her on the phone. She asked if I'd write a letter. She uh, she had um, somebody close to her that was having a hard time with, with drugs and alcohol. And she asked if I'd write him a letter. And she was, like, gracious and sweet and, um, like, thankful. Um, fucking crazy, man. Wow. Yeah, the, not <clears throat> not what you would assume someone who had who went through what you put her through yeah. would treat you. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, in, that's intense. That is insane. Yeah. And then that same daughter, I... I had coffee with her last summer. She asked me to have coffee, and like, of course, like I'll show, I'll do anything. I didn't know what you know what it was about, um, and like I show up to the you know we go to Starbucks. She said, well, you know we're gonna meet at Starbucks. Show up, and I'm freaking out, man. Like sitting in the parking lot, like I don't know, I don't know what yeah. to do, you know. Um, I don't know what this is gonna be about. And uh, but like like I said, I, I got resources, man. I called I called a friend who'd been sober a long time, and you know, he just he said the right thing at the right time. Whatever he said, I don't even know what he said, but it helped, you know. And I went and had coffee with her, and she was asked, you know, she was talking about, um, she was asking if I'd be interested in maybe going to a school and talking about forgiveness and how you know the the pretty much this this uh experience um and i was like yeah man of course anytime um wow but you know nothing's happened of it but like we had a, we had coffee and sat down like i don't know man that stuff doesn't happen if uh i'm just i don't show up like if i'm drinking and drugging and stuff i just don't show up right i wouldn't be available and she wouldn't she wouldn't even want to have coffee with me now now right. how how old were they when when it happened do you think i think seven ish ten ish yeah seven to ten wow i think around that age it's powerful yeah kids yeah the the drawings of my sentencing uh the you know uh drawings that they had of their father in heaven and stuff that they drew in crayon and stuff it's like oh so like victim impact statement Ooh. yeah oh yeah. boy man yeah, there's firemen and stuff there. Yeah, you know, but like, like I said, but like know? like you said, like the mom reached out to you it's to help someone else. Crazy man, yeah. to help someone else because she knew was, as as fucked up as it was the the way that you guys made that connection. Yeah. Now she had followed you enough to know. Yeah. That you were doing okay. You had changed. Right. And yeah. then now, okay someone's having this problem that he had now i can uh, let me let me go to him and see what he did it's pretty amazing yeah yeah dude it's pretty I, amazing. you know you that, that ain't that ain't no coincidence no like you i know? couldn't i couldn't have picked, i couldn't have, i just couldn't have imagined any of that happening you right know? um yeah better than like you know and, and it goes back to kind of what you were just saying tom like show up you put one foot in front of the other you just keep yep. trying to put the you know one foot in front of the other and like trying to do the right thing, stay sober no matter what. Do the next right thing. Yeah, 
I mean, don't get me wrong. Life still happens, and I get pissed, and I fuck up all the yep, time, and yep. I've, I've hurt people in sobriety. and Still have to say you're sorry once yeah, in a while, I'm oh, sure. Oh, yeah. More often than not. But, but it's it's different just now. It's still yeah. a, it's a beautiful life. Yeah. Like, you know, it's second to none, man, and I didn't get that when I first got here. I didn't understand what they were talking about, but, like... I wouldn't trade my life for anybody else's. You know, right. I'm not saying, and it's hard, you know, some people say, I don't know if, um, I w- you know, if I could, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, there's things that would change, you know. And I don't think that that man's life is worth my, you know, happiness or recovery right, or anything, right. but it's what happens, happens. You know? But, I mean, now you're, now you're a dad. Yeah. Fucking awesome, man! Yeah, you just yeah. You just bought a house. Yeah, I like growing up stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it's 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 just it's a beautiful life. It is. It's crazy. Like, yeah, man. I, <laughs> I can still picture those the fucking jump, jump the, the black boots with the white <laughs> uniform because you had to wear white in the oh, kitchen yeah, and then right. blue fucking hairnet things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can still picture you like. <laughs> Young, yeah. tall, skinny, skinny as fuck, scrawny kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and to now, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. It, well, it, and it's, you know, just show up, keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, the thing is, you know, when I got, you know, I, I want when I got into the, like the fellowship and stuff, I wanted uh, instant gratification. You know, that's what I, you know, I'm looking for. The yeah. fi- I want quick I want everything sex, Yeah, now. And that's not that's not realistic. But if I if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other, the lasting happiness that I've that I've gotten is fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for sharing that story with us. Yeah. Um, it's powerful stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's an honor, really. All so, right, people. Well, thank you for tuning in. On that note, oh um. Leah Deacon said hi, and Adam Freitas oh, said, yeah. what's up, Ethan? Leah said, hi, Ethan. He's good people. She's um, right. It's, it's <laughs> like, you know, the the people that we meet and, and like, as, as fucked up as it sounds, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and like, we, we can't change our plan. You know, we can, but. We're gonna end up where we're supposed yeah. to end up, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We change it, and he he accommodates. Yeah, when so. I grab the wheel, it doesn't go. Yeah. It doesn't go well. All right, yeah, so LOL. doing donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> L- LOLterms.com. Please like, subscribe. Share. Um, share this. Apple share podcast, this podcast. Google Play Store. Share this video. Terms if you watch podcast it. group on Facebook. We need to make this grow. Yeah, so please. We'd appreciate all the help we could get. All right, right. thanks, people. Peace. Peace.